do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in dreams deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. Telling them, I want you to disregard those guys. They are lying to you, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I've not sent them, says the Lord. The funny thing is, when you are in an especially tough season, it is easy to make prophecy depending on your circumstances. And so the prophets will look at the things that are going on and they will simply deduce. They will simply make observations and say, this is what God is saying. But it was not God. It was simply the observations. Now, today, I really want us to pray. I want us to pray. And a huge part of it is because there have been prophets who have made observations in our lives and said, this is how this looks like. And there are even prophets who call themselves doctors. They say, we give you three months. We give you nine weeks. We give you one year, and then you die. They step into the place of the prophet, and they predict the future, but they're only doing that based on your circumstances. They are making observations of the present, and they try to predict what will happen. And that's nothing compared to the dreams he said you cause yourself to dream. You understand not all dreams come from God. You know that, yeah? There are dreams that come from the devil. And those ones we know because they are all scary. But then there are dreams that come from us which are based on our fears, our anxieties, and our pain. 
depending on where I am or where I'm going through, I can actually cause myself to dream dreams. And God is saying this uh, in verse 9, verse 8. No listen to your dreams that you cause yourself to dream. No listen to your dreams you cause yourself to dream. Because there are times things get very, very hard. And you start prophesying to yourself. You start even to have dreams about yourself based on where you are. And you begin to make predictions and you begin to make plans based on where you are. That's how we do budget. We make budgets based on what we have. That's how we plan the future. We plan the future based on where we are. And so we confine dreams. And by this I don't mean the ones we sleep. I mean our vision of the future. We confine our vision to our current circumstances, to our current bank account, to our current city, to our current giftings, to our current uh, friends, to our current environment. We confine them. We let our circumstances define our dreams. And then our dreams define us. So, he says, do not listen to them. Don't even listen to yourself. Don't listen to your self. The self that belongs to you. Don't belong to, don't listen to the self that belongs to you. Because they prophesy falsely. They only walk by sight. They only make observations of where they have gone. They cannot tell you what has not happened. And he says this, for that says the Lord, after 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. I'm going to restore you. And I do not need a formula. I don't need a process. I can do it just like that. I can do it just like that. I can do it just like that. After 70 years, I will perform the good work toward you. I don't need a process. I don't need to know where to begin. I don't need to say I will end there. I can come and turn those things in a night. And so he says, I want you to reject that, that you may embrace this. I want you to reject that, that you may embrace this. And so it is to say, yes, I know this is what I have today. But I know my God, whose resources are limited. Yes, 
I know this is what they have said. But I know the one who heals. And he does not need me to go through a diet. He does not need me to get on a treadmill to do it. He can do it just like that. And so, I will, I will accept what they have observed, but I will not accept their prophecy. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You get a decree, and they say, you can only earn 120,000. No, give me that decree. Don't give me a prophecy. Because I can have the decree, but the one who gives me earnings is not confined to a decree. And so the problem is that we try to predict the future based on the present and based on the past. And so we say, whenever someone starts here, they usually end up here. Whenever someone's life does not go to school, usually they end up here. Whenever someone is accused of rape, whenever someone goes to prison, whenever someone is a slave, they cannot end up here. They can only go this far. No, you can be in prison, you can be accused of rape, you can still be a prime minister in a day. And all your history means nothing. And so he is telling them, I know your present and current circumstance. But I want you to reject the prophecy. I'm not trying to tell you to reject the reality. You see, the problem with a doctor is he tells you you have cancer, and then he tries to predict how far you have to live. That is a problem. I don't have a problem them telling me I have cancer. So I need to know what I'm praying for. The only problem is when they say you have nine months. And if I accept the prophecy, then I'm rejecting what God can say about that. <laughs> Amen. There's a sister back there called Mary. She's almost giving birth to her baby. When, when we found out that she was expecting, the doctors, they went and did all whatever they were doing, and they said there's a problem with the baby. There's a problem with the baby. There's a problem with the mother. There's a problem with this. The thing is, they are right because that's observation. The only problem is when they start saying, this problem means we will have that problem. No, 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 no. We accept this problem and we'll bring it to God so he can say something about the future. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we are not rejecting the current reality. We're just re rejecting your power to prophesy over our lives. In fact, we are rejecting our own prophetic that is based on our current reality. And so, he tells them, do not listen to them because they prophesy falsely. 
because after 70 years, I'm going to visit you and I'm going to do my good things to you, my good work. For I know the thoughts. I know the thoughts that I have toward you. They are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you what? A future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. In fact, when you read that verse, it says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, they are thoughts of peace and of prosperity. To prosper you. They are not thoughts of survival. They are not thoughts of finding a way to just get by. I have thoughts of prosperity over you. You are thinking of how you can stretch yourself and somehow get to the finish line. No, I have thoughts of abundance over you. You are, you are trying to predict a future where you survive. No, I'm predicting a future where you prosper and abound. Say amen. Amen. No, say amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen. Okay. Do you understand that? We look at people who are married and we tell them, well, just make sure you don't divorce. Because they're having some problems now. No, the fact that they're having problems now, we're not going to predict a future of just getting by. God has a desire and a plan to prosper you so that you actually walk in abundance of joy. Your past and your present are not good indicators of where God wants to do in your life. Hallelujah. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you. The thoughts of peace and prosperity to give you a future and a hope. Then he says, then you will call upon me and go pray to me and I will listen to you. So, prayer is based on this simple idea. Prayer is based on this simple idea. I observe and I listen to him. I observe and I listen to him because his reality must be superimposed upon my current reality. His reality is actually bigger and superior to what I observe. I don't observe and report. I observe, I listen and report to the, the things I've observed. And so he says, you are slaves, you have been caught there for 70 years, but I want to do a new thing. But for me to do a new thing, I want you to reject the old thing. You know there's a way you can be beat up by life that you are afraid of hoping. You are afraid of believing God because you have been burnt enough that for you, you do not want to make yourself vulnerable ever. And so you have said, I am okay surviving in Babylon. 
okay, surviving in Babylon. But God is saying, no, no, no. I don't want to just get you out of Babylon. I want to actually prosper you while you are there. I want to prosper you while you are there. Then, once you accept that I have good thoughts towards you, once you accept that I want to come and do it all of a sudden, then you will come and pray. And you will come seek my face. And the other verse says, um, you will call upon me and go pray to me. And I will listen to you. 13. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Many people are stuck today because of observations. From their friends who prophesied and from themselves. They get into a business and they are told, actually this is as far as you can go here. They get into um, a career and they are told, this is how this usually works. You are black, you have this degree, that's as far as you can go. But those that wait on the Lord, they can receive all of that information and still be able to submit that information to what God is saying. And that's what I want us to do tonight. All the information you have been given, don't use it to make prophecy. Don't use the information you have gathered to make prophecy. You let God, who has good thoughts towards you, let him say what he means. Let him say what he desires over your life. And there are very many reasons right now to doubt that. Part of it, the feeling that you don't deserve it. These people, it's not that they were actually good. They were in Babylon for their mess. But God was saying, I still love you. And even though you have gone through that mess, I still want to do good towards you. These people had quit serving God. You know uh, Psalms 137. They sing by the rivers of Babylon. Those of a certain age, you may have heard that regular song. There we sat down and there we wailed when we remembered Zion. And this is what they say in Psalms 137. Psalms 137. And Brother Jimon, I want you to prepare worship music as a go to prayer. Psalms 137, verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Uh, yes, we wept. When we remembered Zion, verse 2, we hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. Uh, for there are those, those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mercy. Saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Come pray for us. Come sing us a song. Come lead a fellowship. And they hanged their ministries. They used to be very active. They hung all 
we have tools of ministry and they say, how can we sing a song in a strange land? How can we serve God while we have struggled? He has done this and this to us. Why are you asking us to serve God while we are in trouble? And so they took their hearts and they hung them on the trees, on the willows, on the weeping willows in Babylon. And they said, don't ask us a song. Don't ask us to say how good God is. Do not tell me to come pray. I used to pray when God had blessed me. Now he has abandoned me. Now he has done this to my family. He has done this to my business. He has done this to my life. He has done this to my body. I cannot sing the Lord a song in a strange land. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? And in the midst of that, God comes and says, I know the thoughts I have toward you. So today I want us to pray. I want us to pray. I want us to change our reality from here on based on what God is doing and what God has said. Yes. The experts have said Even you leaving your chair, you leaving your seat to come to the front, it will be a simple act of saying, I am rejecting their prophecy. I'm not rejecting the observation. I'm rejecting their prophecy about my future. And I am trusting God's word about what he wants to do. And I reject the idea of my strategy to survive because he has a strategy and a plan and a thought to prosper me. So let's get us to stand. And I request you, if you need prayer, just come to the front. We'll pray with you. Uh, and Brother Njuguna, if you could put uh, some music for us. situation and I speak your life in the name of Jesus. Rabushia Makata Rabasi Rabusi Rikarabashi.
as she may know you, O Lord, as a generous father, as she may know you, O Lord, as a mighty man of war, as a mighty warrior in the name of Jesus.
So I want you to understand that God has told Jeremiah to prepare for a new work, a new thing. God has told Jeremiah to prepare for a new thing and to call. So Jeremiah 32, the Bible says, begin from verse 6. And Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Behold, Hanamel, the son of Shalom, your uncle, will come to you, saying, Buy my field, which is in Anathoth, for the right of redemption is yours to buy it. Now, remember, God is telling them what they're still in, in Babylon. He's telling them to invest while he is in slavery. Then Hanamel, my uncle's son, came to me in the call of the priest, and according to the word of the Lord, and said to me, Please buy my field that is in Anathoth, which is a country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is yours, and the redemption you must buy it for yourself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. Okay. So I bought the field from Hanamel. The son of my uncle was in Anathoth, and weighed out to him the money, 17 shekels of silver, and I sent the deed, sealed it, took witnesses, and weighed the money on the scales. So I purchased deed, both of which was sealed according to the law and custom, the which was open. And I gave the purchase, uh, the purchase deed to Baruch, son of Neriah, Masiah, and the president Hanameo, and all of those. Um, I want you to see what God says in verse 14. That is the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Take these deeds, both this purchase deed which is sealed, and this deed which is open, and put them in an earthen vessel that they may last many days. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. Okay. Just look at me for a little bit. So, God has told him, I want you to reject the prophecies. I want you to receive that I'm going to do a mighty and a new thing in you. And then he tells them, I want you to do a particular physical thing that aligns with the word. Do you realize whenever Jesus will tell someone they are healed, you tell them rise up and walk. And the question is, were they healed when they had or were they healed when they rose up? Why would you tell someone who is a cripple to rise up and walk? He expected them that in the act or the physical act of their rising, they confirm the word. Because Faith is justified by works. When Jesus multiplied bread, he told the disciples, tell the people to sit down, divide them into groups of ten, and then serve them. Now, Jesus gave thanks for the bread and gave it to them. The, the movie shows like the bread multiplied as Jesus was giving thanks. The bread multiplied as they started giving out. The physical act of handing out, that is when the blood, the, blood the, the bread multiplied. The bread did not multiply until they took a physical action that confirmed what Jesus, that they believed Jesus. Now, there are physical actions that are based on what God just said about your life. There are physical actions 
based on what God has said. But the faith without action just dies. Faith without action dies. It is in the act of the, the cripple when Jesus says, take your bed and go. He was not healed before he took his bed. When he began taking his bed, that is when strength came. Because faith is always confirmed and justified by an action. And so God tells Jeremiah, I want you to go and buy a deed. If you really, really believe that I'm going to restore you to this land, go buy a deed. And this will be the sign to you and to the people that I will restore this place. So, Jeremiah does that. He says, when I deliver the purchase deed to Baruch, son of Neriah, I pray to the Lord. Saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and now stretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. See, sometimes we make prayers not because we believe, but because we are scared that what we just said might not happen. That the actions we just took are going to embarrass us and embarrass God. Somehow he made sure that the dog was not present and he went to sleep and woke up Saturday yesterday. Now he went to the park where I usually go with the men for a small group. In that park is actually a park for dogs. There are dogs everywhere. Lock him. Dogs everywhere. And he could see them from far because the people meet there. And he refused to get out of the car. He said, carry me. And so I carried him. And as I was carrying him, all of a sudden I remembered Abigail had the same problem. Definitely afraid of dogs. And in my heart, I said, God, whatever trauma that he has suffered from dogs, kill him. And then I forgot he went, uh, had a good time at the swings and all of that. Then the men came and played soccer. As we are leaving, the kids now come to join us. We hold hands, we pray. As we are leaving, I see JJ run and pet a dog. So, 
I ask Abby, did you teach JJ how to pet a dog? Abby says, no, no, actually this is not the first one. He has already been petting like three dogs and he did it all by himself. And I did not remember I had prayed. So I tell Abby, you are a really good sister. You are a big, good, good, big sister. You taught, you know, you, you made sure he's not afraid. Then I remembered a prayer I actually prayed. Within two hours, the boy moved from being deadly afraid of dogs all the way to him going to pet them by himself. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God has not in the process. Mm. He can do it just like that. Mm. Amen. Amen. Now, Jeremiah, oh, JJ, <laughs> Jeremiah, then, then the Jeremiah in the book. Mm. That's funny. The Jeremiah in the Bible, he says, God, you can do all things. And then he, he puts it down. He says, you shall have in kindness to many and all of those signs and wonders. I mean, it's a good prayer. Until uh, verse 24. Same prayer. I mean, he glorifies God. God is happy and all of that. He is setting up God. He is setting God up for something. He says, look, we have city mounts and they come to the city to take it as he has been given to the hand of Chaldeans. Uh, and then they said, what you have spoken has happened. There you see it. There you see it. And now you have said to me, buy the field of our money, and take witnesses. Yet the city has been given to the Chaldeans. You know, when they tell you, if someone flatters you, tells you how good your dress is, you know how good your hair is, and at some point you accept it, but at some point you start thinking, what do you want? Have you seen that video of uh, Kenyan men calling their fathers to say, I love you? And there's one who said, Dad, I love you. And the dad is not saying, I love you back, or thank you. He says, what do you want? What's wrong? And so, this is Jeremiah telling God, I love you. You are mighty. There's nothing too hard for you. And then he says, you just set me up for failure. In fact, you made me to have witnesses say that you will do it. There is no one who does not know that I said you're going to restore these people. What are you doing? Do you see the, the, the contradiction? Mm -hmm. In the beginning, he says there's nothing too hard for you. Then at the end, instead of saying amen, he says, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? God takes the very words of Jeremiah in verse 17. Our Lord God, behold, there's nothing too hard for you. He repeats them. He says, can you say that again? Can you repeat what you just said? He says, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Don't just be saying that and then putting doubt. I know I am the Lord God, the Lord of all flesh. So I'm asking you, Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for me? And so me telling you to put up a deed so all people can know, and so that they will know I am the one who did it. There will be no doubt who did this. So brethren, the 
because this was a prophetic service, there will be physical things that God will ask you to do to confirm the promise he has given to you. Because faith without works, faith without an action, is dead. This is all Lord God. You are God of all flesh. It's nothing too hard for you. But do not put me in a position where we have to test this. Don't put me in a position where this will be put on the test. And God says, no, no, no. Actually, that's what I want. Open the tomb. I know he has been dead for four days. Remove the stone. Again, Jesus had power to remove the stone. But he needed their faith in him to be revealed in the physical action of removing the stone. Remove the stone and you will see the glory of God. Remove the stone and you will see the glory of God. Purchase the deed and I will restore. Purchase the title deed. I will restore. Those who can't walk, start walking. Those who can't breathe, start breathing. Don't say how. You start doing it. In your struggle, you will find they were healed as they went. Hallelujah. Amen. The anatomy of a miracle, that's how it looks like. You reject the prophecies based on current uh, situation. You accept the promise that is from God. Then you take a physical action that reveals your faith and then things happen as that action is confirmed by what God is able to do in your faith or through your faith. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads. Father, I do thank you because of the doors that you have opened. I pray that your children, as they begin the action of walking towards Jordan, as their feet get wet, that Jordan will stand. And that you will teach them how to walk by faith. You will show them what it means to walk by faith. Because, oh Lord, you are doing a great and a mighty thing in them and through them and for them. And the world may know that you are the one who is raising dead things. You are the one raising cripples. You are the one resurrecting dead dreams and visions. You are the one restoring that which seemed beyond repair. You are God of all flesh. And there is nothing too hard for you. May that not be something we say with our mouth, may doubt with, but doubt with our mind. May that just follow the exactly mean to us what we say, that you are the God of all flesh, and there is nothing, not a single thing, that is too hard for you. In the precious and the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray and live. Amen. 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 Brethren, the Lord bless you and do you good. You are set up for testimonies. You are set up for
Welcome to Life Eternal Ministry Radio and Podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry, meaning that our radio and podcast are not supported with funds from commercial entities. We rely on a partnership with you. Paul says this in Philippians 4:17, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Inasmuch as the church at Philippi offered material support to Paul for his ministry, of which the apostle was much appreciative, he purposed to make it clear that he is more interested in the fruit that abounds to their account. Paul regarded the Philippian church as partners rather than donors. At Life Eternal Ministry, we regard you as a partner and not as a donor. Your gift, therefore, is more than material support. Your gift speaks prophetically into the lives of our listeners and to generations yet unborn, as we partner in reaching millions across the globe with the message of Jesus Christ, establishing believers in their identity in Christ, and training them to access and make use of their inheritance in Christ Jesus. Your partnership and support is highly appreciated. Ways to partner with us. Cash app at 205-862-0205. That is 205-862-0205. Our website www.lifeeternalministry.com Our podcast page at https double colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash life eternal ministry yours in christ pastor ibrahim life eternal ministry be encouraged be inspired